Welcome to the Holistic Career Change Podcast. Spoiler alert, we don't discuss conventional, linear, boring career change here. This is the place where we talk about finding an aligned career path that feels like an extension of who you are, where you get paid for being yourself. Forget personality quizzes, soul-crushing scrolling on job sites, and breaking your brain trying to find your why. Join me and many other career changers who've changed their career holistically by first defining who they are at their core and then using this blueprint to design a fulfilling career or business. We use the mind-body-soul approach and we take into consideration the complexity and multidimensionality of all that you are and want to represent in the world. This is where purpose-led careers are born and built. I'm your host, Vilma Saita. Let's go. Hello, magical friends. I hope you've been so well. I'm definitely, definitely starting to get into the holiday spirit, finally. It's been snowing a lot. Actually, it's snowing right now. As I'm recording it, I'm looking through the window, and it's just the most beautiful, big, chunky snowflakes. <laughs> it looks so magical. I wish I could show you. Um, and you know what? I, I think I've talked about it so much on this podcast. I love cold, chilly, crispy weather. I just do. I love to layer up and I love going outside and enjoying the quiet and seeing nature hibernating and when experiencing when everything just slows down. And I think that is so needed for us because we are such a huge part of nature and nature does go through these cycles. So I think like if we could live more in tune and in alignment with nature, we would be happier and healthier. So I am actually planning to take a little bit more time off than usual during this holiday season and go deeper into a practice that I consciously started last year, which is wintering, when I essentially just switch my phone off and I purely live the days of just following my body's inner watch and needs. So I will get up without any plans. And I know that I'm in a very privileged position to be able to do that. I don't have kids. I don't have necessarily certain responsibilities that maybe other people would have. And I use that time to just really reconnect and rest. I sleep a lot. I sleep sometimes for 12 hours. And I found that giving myself this intentional, strategic, if you will, break allows me to come back so rejuvenated and so ready to take on the next year. So I can't wait for that, for my wintering practice. Anyway, this episode is not about me. It's about Sarah. And Sarah is my magical client who's become somewhat of, I would say, manifestation maven. And she has such light and such joyful presence. And I, you know, I really loved working with her. I feel like she taught me certain things in the way that she was showing up for the process. And when we started working together, I told Sarah that she embodies this like energy and medicine of a dolphin. Um, and while, of course, just like anyone else, she is going through the valleys and the mountains of her life and her career, and she'll go into all the details about that in the episode, I feel like her default mode is often going back to this happy, present, excited, expansive, 
energy and she just almost like embodies joy. And it's such an honor and so much fun to be in her presence. And I was thinking about it before sort of recording this intro is that one of my goals for this podcast is obviously share career change advice and share all of these stories. Um, A lot of my advice could be considered as unconventional because I just don't believe that conventional methods um, and strategies for career development work anymore. I feel like they're outdated. I think they're very masculine and I feel like we're moving into this different era and we need to use different tools and ways and infuse a lot more intuition into our career planning. But one of the other goals that I had is to make sure that um, I feature very different individuals on this podcast who have unique stories, who have different backgrounds. And in spite of the different industries that they're moving into, because on this podcast, if you've been listening, you heard a lot of different stories of how people are choosing these different paths, um, that in spite of what industry they're going into, they all end up finding alignment and clarity and they end up understanding themselves better and they finally start connecting more with their authentic, true self versus expecting others to tell them what to do and who to be and how to show up. And that is not a small feat. It's this process is really at at the core of it is a process of unfolding and unbecoming in order to come back to our center of truth and to find the courage to create from that, to build from that authentic truth. And what's even more interesting is that this truth that we find will forever be changing and evolving. And that's exactly how it's supposed to be. But as humans, we don't like that. We like, we want to stick to things. We want to grasp to things. We want to have control. We want to know exactly what's going to happen. And I feel like when we do that, we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot because we close the doors to so much, so many opportunities that could potentially change the course of our lives and bring so much happiness to us. So, you know, I'm sharing this in the intro because I feel like Sarah is such a potent, powerful example of this ever-evolving nature of ourselves, the ebb and flow. And while I managed to capture a snapshot of her in this episode, because it's been pre-recorded a while back, I assume that she's already probably in a completely different next version of herself, as that's what I experienced in our work together in every session she would come up a different level of evolution, having understood and integrating certain things about herself and what she wants in life. And while I don't often compare and contrast differences in generations, I kind of will do it here because another reason why I really wanted to have Sarah on this podcast and to share her story is because she is, I think, such a great representation of Gen Z's. Um, and while I feel like sometimes we can't keep up with Gen Z's and we can't always maybe understand them, but I do believe there's so much we can learn from them and many of them. And again, I'm, I'm risking to generalize here, but this is my experience. Okay. I feel like many of them can practice non-attachment so well, non-attachment, the Buddhism, 
praises, they can just almost like move through life a little bit lighter than their different generations who have different experiences. And it's almost like they have this uncanny ability to hold belief really strongly and just boldly state and clearly state what they want. And then they're just so good at surrendering and allowing for manifestations and those beautiful encounters to come into their life. And they come in and they come in loud and clear and they come in like crazy. So working with Sarah really felt like this serendipitous co-creation because we'd show up for a session and we'd never really know where the session would take us. And it would take us to some wild places sometimes. And every single time it would be exactly what she needed and what I needed. So my hope is that Sarah's career change story and her energy will infect you in a good way because her presence is so beautiful and infectious. And hopefully it will inspire you to be a little more adventurous and above all, to be more trusting of yourself and of the universe, knowing that you're always taken care of and you're always supported and whatever is unfolding in your life is there for a reason. So if you lean into that and if you embrace it, you will always win. So we will be discussing with Sarah her career change story and how she managed to show up as her authentic self in misaligned spaces And we will talk about leading and what does it mean to lead a creative, intuitive, heart-centered life, what that feels like, what that looks like for her. We will talk a little bit about ushering new paradigm of a workplace because one of the conclusions that we made after we completed Sarah's career blueprint was that she's here essentially to, well, first of all, she's multi-potentialite. Uh, she's multi-passionate and she's very well-rounded, right? So sometimes I will find that when I complete blueprints and you look at the blueprint, you kind of see a very clear direction for someone. And I feel like with her, she's just so well-rounded. She could go in many industries and she could actually uh, embody and do well in many different roles, which is quite rare, right? So usually Blueprints like that are blueprints of leaders, leaders who can lead others because they have empathy and they can think strategically and they have process-oriented mind, but they also kind of are able to create results. Like so many things are working for them, which is great. But on the other hand, for people like her and similar, if you are listening to this and you're like, yeah, I feel like that's me, it makes it so much harder than to choose quote unquote, the most aligned career, because you're like, well, I guess I could do a lot of things. Um, So we spoke also with her about ushering this new paradigm of workplace for the lack of, we didn't know what to call it, but what is really clear and what many of you are also feeling, this current landscape, especially of corporate world, whether it's corporate America or other corporations all over the world is not working. It's breaking, it's falling apart, people are not happy, people are demanding for different workplaces, and I feel like Sarah would be one of those people who will be ushering this new paradigm in. And one of my favorite parts of her story, well, all of the all of the parts are my favorite, but like the one that I feel like many of you will find it hard to even believe is how Sarah behaved and what she did when she ended up being 
laid off, and she'll talk again about all of the details and circumstances of that when she was laid off, and you would think she was in a pretty vulnerable position, how she essentially started saying no, confidently refusing to take on any new opportunity that felt misaligned in her body, that felt like a contraction somatically, viscerally for her, and what started happening not even the minute, the second she would say no, how the universe, spirit guys, whatever you believe in, would start aligning these new, super interesting aligned opportunities for her. And how jokingly we're saying now, when we look at all of the projects that she's involved in, it looks like she has just the, the coolest, the most amazing LinkedIn profile, because all of these opportunities feel unique and they feel like they're uniquely suiting different parts of her. And that's exactly what she wanted, variety and portfolio career. I feel like I just need to get to the episode because we touched on so many different aspects and things of her career change journey and in general career change and in general, what finding alignment and leading an intuitive life feels like and looks like. And I hope listening to this episode, you will be able to borrow some of her amazing beliefs that she has about herself and about life, because I know I will be borrowing some of those from her as well. So I really hope that you will enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest, my client. Well, we we finished coaching, but you know, still as a, as a client, always you as a client, Sarah. Um, I really wanted to have Sarah on because I feel like her journey is so unique, is different. There's a lot of, I would say like magic manifestation, conscious and unconscious energy work um, that, and also just the universe supporting you in so many different ways that I thought that you sharing your journey could be so inspirational for many people who are going through similar struggles and questions that you had. And also, I don't know, I just always love good manifestation journey. I don't know if it's (laughs) for you, it's not just manifestation, right? There are so many things that happen that we're going to get into the detail, but anyway, hi, Sarah, welcome. That's what I wanted to say. (laughs) Hello. Hello, Vilma. Hello, Vilma's listeners. Thank you all for being here. (laughs) Amazing. Um, Okay, let's start with the beginning. Could you briefly introduce yourself, share whatever you want the listeners to know? Yes. So my name is Sarah. I am 25 years old. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I am currently navigating a career transition that was partially called in by myself and also partially given to me by the universe. Um, I used to work at a tech job before this, and that's actually what brought me to Vilma. And then by the grace of God, I was laid off. And since then, I've just been on the journey of just stepping more into alignment and calling in just the life that I've always wanted to live for myself. Um, I'm a Virgo. (laughs) I also identify as an artist, a community builder, community organizer, And just an all-around multi-hyphenate. I don't believe in boxing myself into any sorts of labels or anything like that. And I think the biggest realization that I've had recently is that I'm here to experience it all. So Mm -hmm. that's me. (laughs) Love it. And I love that when you say that you don't like fitting into the box. And I think we saw that. And I saw that as well when we went through your blueprint process where like, 
even though there are some pointers, but also was so broad and all encompassing that really, and I, I even told you, right, you could really go into so many different directions with this blueprint. So it really goes back to like, what do you want? What feels true to you? What feels aligned to you? And that's a journey because sometimes our answers change or we don't have access to our true answers. So let's start from when you came in and you're working at a tech company. Talk to me about like, what were you feeling? What was happening? What was that version of Sarah like back then? What were you struggling with as well? Uh, yes. So for context, I used to be a recruiter at a tech company. And for those of you who might not know what a recruiter does, I essentially just fill open roles at the company. And so I would find people who fit that, send them a nice, sexy in-mail and then like convince them to work at the company, <laughs> essentially. Um, and I found that company because it was my getaway car, my escape plan, because before that, I was actually working at a recruiting agency. And by the time that that had sort of com like commenced and finished itself out, I was so desperate to get out and have a new opportunity that I just applied for any job that I could to get out of that. And this came through and I took it. And yeah, I. I was excited about it at the time. And at the time when I did get the offer, it did feel like I was supposed to take it. But I think like very early in, I just felt in my gut that this wasn't correct and this wasn't for me. And that pretty much set the tone for the rest of my time there. <laughs> yeah, I think at the time I was... I felt like I had really given a lot of my power away. I wasn't doing a lot of checking in with myself, asking myself what I wanted, because that was really my first experience with the nine to five and working as a full-time adult. Before that, I had like gigs and like part-time jobs and stuff like that. And I feel like I really got sucked into the reality of that. I got sucked into the matrix and I felt like, okay, this is this is just it. This is life and this is what I have to operate into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at one point, then you reached out and we sort of started working together, looking at things. And I think one sort of one kind of impression that I have, because each coaching relationship, as anyone who is a practitioner will know, is different. Right. And I think for you, what I really enjoyed in our process is that, and I told you that in our last session, it really felt like co-creation and it felt like it was like, you, me, and the universe part <laughs> of the process. And it does not always feel like on the practitioner's end. So for me, mm -hmm. this process was so enjoyable because I feel like whatever conversations or I don't know, themes that we would analyze, you would sort of take what really resonated and work with that, but, but really work with that in a very intuitive way. Whereas like you have a Virgo side and we'll talk about that, <laughs> where like needs the rules and needs the structure. But at the same time, I think you have this ability to sort of just take the essence of something and kind of like try it on, keep what works and just kind of not even mention what doesn't. To me, like it's a very elegant way of working, with <laughs> doing the inner work, if I may say that. <laughs> well, thank you, Wilma. Um, yeah, honestly, I think that's why I found you. Like when that ad on Instagram came up, um, I, I really feel like that was the main reason why we were intended to work together because I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this podcast. I was like, wow, I feel like my collaboration with Vilma was 
less about really making that concrete career transition and more so about like giving me the tools to just like identify the lessons and integrate them and just deal with a lot of the feelings that I was feeling from just that entire experience because I really don't think that I was doing that before I met you. Mm. Let's talk about some of these. Let's talk about some of these themes and lessons that again, the reason why I want to bring that up because I think even though we're all so unique and individual, some of the lessons or like prep work that we do is kind of similar and the themes are similar. One of the, I think, main ones is sort of dealing with the inner critic or dealing with as well, kind of, we spoke about it, like unwritten manuals that you kind of put on on yourself because you said like, listen, when I didn't, when I, before work, I was so free and open and self-confident. And I feel like when I came into the workplace, I almost took on the energy, the rules, and I lost myself. Mm. And for some time, you might, you did not even know that that was happening. You didn't even recognize that. Right. Can we talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that and how, like, how did you start discerning? Okay. Like, where am I losing myself? Where am I losing my power? Yeah, it's actually crazy because my almost my entire life, I've always identified as a very independent, autonomous, confident person. And, you know, if you asked anyone around me, they would say, yes, like that is who Sarah is, you know. But then it was like once I started, you know, working full time and entering like these spaces with their own rules, like you said, and their own ways of doing things, I. And I think that kind of lent itself to the way that these structures are set up. You know, I would have a direct supervisor, a manager who, you know, was sort of my authority figure and decided that, okay, like you're doing this well and this is where you need to improve and blah, blah, blah. And there's so much to be said about that because it's like, you know, I've had situations where I didn't feel like they were seeing me clearly and yet they were the authority figure who was deciding that. Right. But I feel like to answer your question, It was a very gradual process of losing that very strong connection that I had with myself. I think that I started with it when I entered the job force. And then as the months passed and then as the year passed and et cetera, the the only way I can explain it is that I feel like I had this little like ball of light in my chest that always exists within me. And that's sort of my compass, right? It's like when I'm aligned, that light is really going off. It's beaming and I can almost feel it like glowing inside of me. And when I'm off track and when I'm not connected to it, it's like radio silence. It's almost like someone has turned the knob all the way down and it's barely even flickering. And that was really just how I felt like throughout that whole two years that I was doing the nine to five thing, feeling so misaligned. And at one point I just sort of felt like I was a bystander to my own life. Like I was just sort of getting up every day, logging on and existing. I wasn't really doing anything with intention or joy or anything like that. It was like literally existing on autopilot. And I think that's when I was just like, okay, we got to do something here. I cannot live the rest of my life on autopilot and I cannot live the rest of my life feeling like I have no direction or no purpose. Mm. That's so true. And that is that what happens to a lot of us, right? When we need to grow up, quote unquote, adult, 
yeah. where we lose connection. I love how beautifully you painted that picture of like that ball of light that was it on when something yeah. was <laughs> and, and, and sparkly, the world that I like to use. And when something was off, it was actually silence, which is so interesting because sometimes we're like, well, if it's silent, it means it's not bad because we almost are looking for the opposite feeling of like, you know, awful pain and suffering and struggle. But I feel like for you, maybe you at least didn't get to that stage where it was complete, complete, complete discord where you couldn't even show up for work. Mm, Yeah. No, not really. I mean, I think I had some points. I remember probably like this time last year, um, my company at the time, they had just raised Series C funding and they like flew out everyone in the company and celebrated for a week. And there was like a big party. And I remember I attended that party and it was really fun. We did everything. And the next day I came home, logged on to work and I just cried the entire day. Mm -hmm. And I literally just laid on my floor and just cried and cried and cried and cried. And (laughs) I feel like that was the release of all of the dissatisfaction and the frustration and whatever. And just like the overall feeling of feeling like so trapped in that position and not knowing where to go and not knowing how to get myself out. Um, But yeah, I feel like for the most part, you know, I was able to just sort of like exist, but I, yeah, again, it's just like, I feel like I was just existing in autopilot. Like there was just no intention, no vivacity, no zest for life, just like existing, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and also feel like maybe that kind of like release after you came back from that event could have also been because you got to taste your true self because even the, what we spoke about before recording, because I feel like you thrive and you get energy from like interactions and really connecting with people and holding space and seeing them. So you having had that experience and coming back home to the dullness of your work, <laughs> I think that contrast. So like when we, when we taste alignment is that usually it really affects us. So it could have been totally. that I'm thinking now. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. What do you think you need? Because you said something so beautiful. I want to kind of pick your brain on that. Um, And we're not going to go into generational differences, but you and I would speak (laughs) about like, I'm like a millennial, right? We're like in between and we learned a lot from Gen Z. Um, And you said that you didn't really feel like seen or understood or connected with the people who were like above you what were you missing or what would you do differently as a leader to be able to build that connection Mm, wow that is that is such a good question and the first thing that's honestly coming up for me right now is more so talking about what I would have done differently as Sarah Doe because something that I've been thinking about recently is that I feel like a big part of why I didn't feel like I was seen different or seen for myself was I wasn't showing up as myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I can't even blame anyone for not seeing me fully when I wasn't showing up fully, you know? (laughs) Yes. Taking responsibility. We like that. (laughs) So I think I would have done that more. I think I would have um, stood up for myself more, spoken up, um, advocated for myself, like really expressed my needs and opinions. But also the other thing too, is that 
I think I would have just been unapologetic about how I felt, you know, like there was a part of me that felt like I had to show up and be sunshiny and positive and cheerful and little worker be every day. But that's not the reality. That's not who I am. I have so many emotions throughout the day. And, you know, and that situation wasn't bringing me the contentment or joy that I wanted. So I think that I would have just not cared so much about like hiding that, you know, or like masking it. Mm. Um, But to go back to your question about what I would have done differently as a leader, I feel like asking the right questions, like knowing what questions to ask to your team to sort of understand what they might need or where they might be. Mm. Or maybe, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So like asking more questions or like being more interested, because I think a lot of the time the ma- the top management, they're so busy with their deliverables and tasks, they probably see connection and building trust or, or yeah, like relationship as like secondhand, to me like that's less of a priority. Totally, totally. And it's interesting because, you know, since then I've had quite a few opportunities where I've been in a position of leadership. I've directed a play reading. And then also right now I direct um, a podcast where I lead two teams at this organization called Dear Asian Youth. And honestly, like a lot of my leadership style doing that is just observing and knowing how to really observe because Mm. I really do believe that everything that we need to pay attention to is already there in front of us. It's just about like turning off your brain, turning off your ego and just looking, you know, and knowing what to look for. And then just seeing like, what is what is showing itself to you right now? And what is the thing that clearly wants to be expressed and knowing what to do with that? So lovely. And you know what I will tell you? That's such a, a not, non-Virgo way to look at it. <laughs> it's I'm my gonna, Sag moon. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor that because I feel like, you know, Virgo, it is more about control and rules and everything and knowing what the next step. And I feel like this way is more like surrendered way of like, I believe everything is there. All I need to do is like observe, create space, create safety, and things will come together. 100%. And I feel like I do have to say as a Virgo, that is not my natural instinct. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even when I was doing the play in the beginning, I found myself initially approaching it with that controlling attitude and wanting to just like, be like, okay, like I need to like control everything. And I'm not a micromanager, but that instinct was sort mm. of coming up. And then I think because the circumstances of my overall life are asking me to surrender in this really big way, I was just like, it was easier for me to apply that, you know, but it was like a choice that I had to make. And it's a conscious choice that I still have to make every day. Yeah. It's like a muscle you need to train because it's not natural. I want to talk about surrender as well. Please remind me later, but I have so many questions. (laughs) The next question, something that you mentioned about is like the first thing that I would have done is showed up more as myself. So first of all, I need to look at me and be like, okay, where did I not show up in the way that I would have enabled them to support me in the way that I needed? And I think that is such a mature thing to say. And I feel like it's especially applicable in romantic relationships, for instance, right? When we're like, well, he doesn't do or she doesn't do that. (laughs) But like, what are you doing and how are you contributing and co-creating this reality? So thank you. Thank you for honoring that and kind of taking ownership 
I want to talk about like showing up as your authentic self, because one of the things that we, you and I would talk quite a lot when you were still in the, in the, in the tech company was about, it's almost like we, we often think in this binary terms or binary lens of like, well, I'm either in a line career and I'm building full myself, fully myself, and I can shine my light or I'm in this misaligned place. And that means I'm just need to dim it down. I need to adjust to the environment, which is true. That's the conditioning. But what we were looking for is these like sweet spots where you could stay in misalignment, but show up more as your authentic self and give yourself more permission to shine your true colors and maybe even initiate projects that would be truly interesting to you, to the authentic Sarah. Can you talk mm. to me about that journey and kind of like, how were you navigating that landscape? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> wow. Much, much to say there. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like when we were working together and we were sort of going through just everything around like showing up as my authentic self for so much of that process, I think I was in my head about it. And I was trying to like intellectualize and come up with the ideas of what my authentic self is. And I remember for like for a good portion of working together, I was just like, I don't know what my authentic self is. And I would go to my brain and I would rack around there and I'd be like, what is it? Like, is it this? Is it this? No, is it this? But I feel like what I've learned from these last few months is that your authentic self is truly just you and it's there and you have to do zero work to really show up. And it's just like your instincts. It's just like how you want to respond to things or like just the energy that like comes up immediately. But for me, as someone who like really tends to exist in her head, I feel like that was the mistake that I was making, like trying to like show up as myself through my perception of myself instead of just being myself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I feel like that's probably a big reason why I wasn't able to like really show up at my old jobs as my authentic self. But also, you know, going off of what you said about the binary thinking about, you know, misaligned positions and stuff, I feel like that's definitely where I was. I feel like I was so caught up in the fact that I wasn't doing my dream job and that I wasn't fulfilled and that I wasn't happy that I wasn't able to acknowledge the parts of that job that I was drawn to. Like the job of being a recruiter, the job of like talking to people and connecting to people there is a part of me that chose that job for a reason, you know, like it did find me, but I also like chose it. It was like a conscious choice that I made. And so I think that if I could do things a little differently this time, it would be to go back and just sort of like shift my focus onto those things and then play with that within that role. Be like, okay, well, I know I love talking to people. I know I love connecting. I know I love like learning about people. How can I like beef this up here and like really make the most of it? (laughs) But I feel like you did that. I think you had the newsletter, right? You had the newsletter, you did interview. I think in the end, you did sort of try to drive a little more of what you like within the role. Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, you're right. I did, I did. And- I don't really think either of those things went anywhere ultimately, which was like another sign from the universe that it was time to move on. But yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) I think you still took the ownership. Like you still let it, right? You suggested it, you worked on it. And if there is no result, it doesn't mean that it hasn't served us because we are so conditioned to look for outcome 
and based on the outcome, decide whether I'm successful or not versus like, but what's the lesson and what was the purpose of this experience? Mm, Yes, 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 yes. I love that. That is another theme that I feel like I'm really learning right now is to detach from the outcome less Mm. and just like enjoy the process, you know? Um, Because as an artist, like me and my best friend, we're both artists and we're both very different. She loves the process and just enjoys it so much. And then like for her, the outcome doesn't matter to her as much. But for me, I start with the outcome in mind. And then like because of that, I can't enjoy the process as much. And I feel like lately I've just been applying that mindset to my life in general and just being like, I will end up where I'm intended to end up. And I'm so confident that I will eventually like manifest the life of my dreams. So I might as well just enjoy the crazy ride, like with all of the bumps and whatever along the way. (laughs) 100%. I love the acceptance, love the theme of acceptance. (laughs) How are you and why are you and how can you? Because this is, I'm, I'm trying to give you questions that I know some people would think of, right? Yeah. How are you and why and how did you learn? Or was it just something you were born with having that confidence that things will work out and you will create a dream life? I think it's just, it's like rock solid proof. It's cold, hard proof that reality in my life has given me. Like if I look back at my life, there has never been any sort of instance or evidence to indicate otherwise. Like the life that I'm living right now is the dream life that I had for myself two years ago. The guy that I'm dating right now, I literally wrote a list of everything that I wanted and he is all of those things, you know? And like sometimes when I'm just existing, I it's harder for me to like just sort of lift my head and see all of the things in which way in which my life has worked out almost exactly how I wanted to because I focus on the parts that I'm still waiting on. But if I'm being totally honest with myself, it's like I have no reason to believe otherwise because my current life is a testament to that, you know? It's like everything I have, I've always wanted and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So it's like you have proof and you build belief around that proof. You lean on yes. that. Yes. What would you tell to people who don't have that proof? Mm, that's a good question. The first thing that came up was just like maybe let go and like surrender a little more, Mm. but also ask yourself like, is that true? Like, is it really true that you don't have the proof or like, is your vision just set on something else? Yeah. Like what you said, like focusing on that part that is not working. So like you, you lead, you lead your dream life for now and you have already other visions right? But like what you could do is focus and zone in on that one part that is not working mm-hmm. versus seeing the whole picture and enjoying the stuff that is working. And I think that's how yeah. we manifest. We celebrate what is working. Totally. And also it's like, be really honest with yourself and ask yourself if there's a part of you that is feeding yourself the narrative that you can't have this thing that you want. You know, it's like, do you have like a subconscious belief or something that is ultimately like telling yourself that, you know what, this life is not attainable for me. Mm-hmm. It's all about beliefs going back to like, what do I believe and what do I tell myself? Because that will work <laughs> how I feel and how I show up. The model. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit about you being sort of 
well, obviously we know that in the tech world, in the world, there is a little bit of a recession happening. I don't like to talk about it a lot because I don't, I don't want to give it my energy. Not that I'm delusional. I just <laughs> mindful of what I spend my energy on. Right. And obviously tech, tech sector suffered. And so what happened, I remember, I'm going to tell you my experience with this, where we got on our coaching call and you come in and you're like, Vilma, I have so much to tell you because you always used to have so much to tell me. And I'm like, can't wait, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> to hear what's been happening and you're like so elated and so happy and you say I've been let go, like, <laughs> let go. <laughs> I am so happy I'm pro I've, I was like have you taken the time to process this <laughs> I think it was a couple of days only and you were like oh yeah I went for a walk in a park and then you know I thought about it and I think that's the best thing that could have happened to me right yeah. and this is not the experience well okay first of all no let me give you some caveat I had a few people affected within my practice and I would say all of them after initial shock would be like bank F because mm. I needed that push because I know what I want to do next or like it's coming together really quickly for me. And I think this is exactly what I needed. It doesn't feel good, but like I, I'll take it. I'm going to roll 100%. with it. Right. Yeah. So tell me about your experience and how that happened and what transpired after. Cause I think afterwards it was like a kind of accelerated manifestation of things that poured into your life. Yes. So for context for Vilma's listeners, the reason why I did not leave this job or the reason why I was sort of telling myself that I was stuck was one, it paid pretty well. And I live by myself in Brooklyn, which is not a cheap city. And I'm financially independent. Like my parents do not pay for my things. And so I sort of felt like you know, this, I, I needed it. And that like, if I didn't have the income from this job, I wouldn't be okay, you know? And so there was a part of me that it was like, even though I wanted to leave, there was genuinely a part of me that was afraid of being let go and of being laid off. And it's so funny because a few weeks before it happened, I started to just have like random strong urges of anxiety about being laid like let go. And at the time I had no real indicators of feeling that way. I just like felt it in my intuition. And then when it happened, I wasn't even surprised at all. And I think I said this in our one of our sessions, but there's something so liberating about having your worst fear come true because it just showed me that like, you know what? I'm still here. I'm still standing and I'm okay. I'm not like crazy broke. I'm not like on the streets. <laughs> I still have my apartment. I'm living. My lifestyle really hasn't changed that much, you know? Um, and it's like, it's shown me that I'm adaptable and whatever, whatever. But anyway, and so when it happened, I was shocked. And so I went on a walk and I was just like, okay, I... I was feeling a lot of things. I was feeling shock. I was feeling anger. I was feeling elation. I was feeling panicked about what I'm going to do and all of this stuff. But then I could not shake the feeling that this was like divine intervention and that this was supposed to happen, you know, and that it wouldn't have happened if a part of me wasn't ready for it to. But honestly, the process after that, it was a roller coaster. It honestly kind of felt like a breakup. <laughs> like the life that I'd known for like the last year and some change was just completely like gone, you know, because the way that they offboarded you was like they told you at like 11 that you're being let go and like two hours later, you're done. Access cut off. 
And I wasn't going to like stick around and like slack a bunch of people. So I went on my walk. And by the time I came back, I was done. I was done with that company, company, like computer turned off everything. And so I went through like a roller coaster of emotions for like the next month or so. And a lot of it was around just like fear and anxiety about how I would take care of myself in the future. Because while the company did give me severance at the time, you know, the state taxed like half of it. And then after that, it didn't come out to that much. But when I applied for unemployment, New York looked at the original amount that the severance package would have been, and they denied my unemployment claim. And so at the time I was like, okay, so I have this like little severance package and I have no income coming in for the future. What am I going to do? And I don't know what I want to do. I don't want to go back into recruiting. I don't want to do that. And so honestly, like the next month or so, like the rest of that summer was pretty anxiety inducing, but I feel like I was just riding and navigating the wave of just surrendering. And I would like go back and forth. Like I'd be like really nervous and crying and anxious. And then I would be totally surrendered. Like, ah, it's going to be fine. The universe has me. Um, And I feel like I came out of it with just so much trust and faith in the universe too. And throughout it, you know, and we can talk about this later, but I was also given a lot more opportunities to really listen to myself and not take jobs that didn't feel aligned with me. And when I rejected those opportunities, the universe would reward me financially. And so that felt like just another really good reminder that as long as I keep choosing the path of alignment and I keep choosing the path that feels right for me and lights me up, I'm going to be okay. It'll be fine. (laughs) I love that. And again, you had proof, right? And I think you are such a great, like living manifestation of like my work when I talk about alignment and how, when you choose alignment, what a lot of my clients struggle to believe when I say the universe will support you because Mm. the universe, your higher self, your guys, if that is, that is your belief system. Once you authentic and leading an authentic life, Therefore, they will come together and they'll do whatever it takes to show you that support. Yes. Yeah. No, 100%. Like, honestly, if there are any listeners out there who have any doubts, just know that like I was down to almost my last dollar and I rejected a job offer that my gut was like telling me not to do. Mm. I, you know, when I was like doing the training for it, I just felt my inner child start to like throw a tantrum. And I felt like, like every feeling that I felt at my old jobs of feeling trapped and blocked or whatever, it all came to the surface. And my inner child was, it just felt like I was like a little kid again, being forced to do math homework for like five hours when I really wanted to go outside and play and dance and whatever. And I remember I said to myself, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to you. And I'm never going to show you that like, Mm. you know, money or, stability or whatever is more important than your joy and you feeling, you know, aligned and just lit up. And so I said, no, I went out on a limb. I rejected it. I emailed the guy, went on a walk again, and I come back home and I get an email saying that my second unemployment claim had been accepted. And (laughs) yes, and that pays my rent. It pays my basic, you know, 
things. And after that, I started getting like other little like gigs and jobs that would cover the rest and help me like be a person again. And so if anyone, you know, if anyone needs any like more confirmation, let that be it. (laughs) I love that. And I love, let's talk a little about that because I feel like, I guess when you were, like you said, in that sort of almost like there, I love what you said. There's something liberating about having the worst nightmare, like play out in front of your eyes. And then you're like, that's it. That's my rock bottom. It just happened. Now what? Like I, the only way is up for me now, like what am I going to do now? And sort of the survival fear. And I talk a lot about that on my podcast, the survival, the, you know, reptilian lizard brain is, can be so extremely overwhelming where it cuts you off from any creativity, any problem solving ability where you're just there in constant stress and dysregulation. Mm. So for you to be able to say like, well, listen, now that the universe pushed me out, right. And it's testing me a little bit. I talk about tests as well. It will test us a little bit. And now that I have an opportunity to build a life more in my terms, which is, which just feels like an extension of me, I'm not going to say yes to that, which feels off, especially to my inner child. Mm -hmm. How did you, again, how, how did you have that strength? Was it just like this unconditional reverence (laughs) and respect for your like parts within you where you're like, no, we're not doing that. It's not worth it. (laughs) I think it was, um, wanting to avoid the overwhelming like pain and suffering that came from doing otherwise, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was my life before. Yeah. And I was just like, I cannot go back. I do not want to go back. And if I have to work a bunch of odd jobs that feel more aligned and things are a little unstable, I'd rather do that. But I never want to go back to that place again, where like, that's my reality and my norm, you yeah. know? I, do you know how how rare this is like (laughs) able to do that. And I feel like it takes years and years and decades for people to get to the place where sometimes they never do Mm. to Mm. be able to put my survival on the line because that feels like it's going to be too painful for my soul. Mm. Yeah. Right. I would say, you know, it's like the other thing that came up for me is that the fear And the ideas of how painful it's going to be are always worse in your head than they are in real life, Mm -hmm. I think. You know, I don't want to speak for like every single experience out there, but for me, when it happened, yes, it was scary and, you know, it was unstable and I had no idea what was going to happen. But like, I don't know, it just, it just wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And maybe it was because like at the same time I had this like determination to do something else or like the pure like potential of this moment was just undeniable and it was sparkly and it was in my face, but it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Well, maybe that's a nugget for the listeners as well. If like all of the fears that you're playing out in your head, they're not as bad once you actually go through them. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember also, I think from that session, when we were talking about this and about saying no to misalignment, I think you also shared, and I might be mixing that up. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you shared that what you really were trying to do is also show up very honestly in these conversations mm-hmm. when you were say, saying no. And you said, as opposed to just coming up with a reason of why I'm not going to do this job. I literally told the person of like, these Mm -hmm. are the reasons why I won't do that risking to maybe be misunderstood, but that felt really good to speak my truth. Can you share more about that? Yes. 100%. 
Um, so I had an instance where, and I, you know, I found this company and I thought they were doing some cool stuff and they are, they are. And essentially what they do is they work with other leaders at companies to help them be more emotionally intelligent communicators. And I and I'd followed them for a long time and I kind of like emailed them and shot my shot because I saw that they were hiring for facilitators. Um, and these are the people who like lead these workshops for these leaders. And um, I met, you know, the founder and I met his wife who runs the operations of the company. And I had great conversations with both. And I could tell that like I'd left an impression and they came back to me with like a job offer initially saying that, you know, you're not exactly qualified to be a facilitator, which I totally understood. And then they provided me with like, you know, another job offer to still get involved in whatever. And what's interesting was initially when I did get the first interview for them, I was elated. I was ecstatic. And I was like, yep, this is it. Like whatever I get, I'm going to take it. Cause like, this is so what I want. I literally like ran down the block cause I was so excited. And then as I continued the conversations and as I got that offer and then the revised offer, I had to check in with myself. And I was like, this is cool, but I don't want to do this. There's just a part of me that like doesn't want to do this and it doesn't feel aligned. It doesn't have that feeling of alignment that I know I'm looking for. And I know what it feels like because I've felt it before. And so I hopped on a call with, you know, the uh, director of operations and I was just really honest. And I was like, look, like, I don't want to do this. Um, the job is not really what I want to do. And also the compensation that you're providing me is just not <clears throat> up to what I'm expecting for myself. And I wasn't rude. I wasn't abrasive, but I just like said it very clearly like that. And she was so understanding and she was so receptive. And then we proceeded to just have like a really great conversation about, you know, living in your feminine and being intuitive and just like being aligned and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So that was great. And then even with like all of my other job offers, I was just so honest. And I said, this is not for me. Nothing against you. Thank you for the opportunity. This is not for me. I don't want to do it. And it was just received so well each time. And I think the biggest lesson for me coming out of it was that when you're just totally open and honest, like people respect that because then you're just sort of creating the space for them to be open and honest as well. It's like we all just operate with these silly little like masks and facades when honestly, I think we all just want to say how we feel all the time, you know? So sometimes you just got to be the first. <laughs> I love that. And it's so healing to be the one who kind of leads the way for those conversations to happen. And also just giving them, do you know what I mean? Like giving them honest, sincere answer of like, this yes. is not as opposed to just saying no, because then you could be perceived as lazy or someone who doesn't want to do the work, right? Like there's a lot right. of stereotypes as well out there. But I feel right. like when we come so honest and say, listen, I'm the reason why I'm saying no, it's not just for me. It's also for you because you don't want someone who is misaligned in this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. You got to stick to like your real original reason as to why you're doing it and trust that like that's enough. Yeah. So is that what you feel like? Because I, I, I would hear you mention a lot like this heart-centered, like lead with a heart kind of life. Is that what it is for you? Yes. And I think I've been presented and provided with 
a lot of different opportunities to do that. Um, like specifically, you know, I'm dating this new guy. He's really great. And he, and he already is such a heart centered person in the way that he lives his life that I, I'm like, I can either fall back and slack and bring the relationship down or I can rise up and meet him. But it's just been so natural. Like I haven't even had to like, think about it, but you know, doing that has really like helped me open up my heart even more and get more out of my head and just like sink into my heart and like lead from there. It's just, it's just a way better way to exist in this world. Like to live your life with an open heart and trusting that like the energy of that will take you where you need to be and it'll just carry you. And not only do I see it impacting my closest relationships, like when I go outside and when I like interact with strangers, it's actually crazy. The difference between like the energies of interacting with strangers when you're operating from the heart space versus when you're like contracted and in your head and you're like, blah, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think that's just another real life, like proof. It's, te- it's like testament to the fact that we're all energetic beings. We can feel energy. And when you are operating from like a really high vibration, from good energy, from your heart, then that will just connect you to more like heart-centered energy waves, opportunities, people, you know? (laughs) What do you feel like, what's the difference maybe? Like, what does it look like? Do you feel like, how do people react or respond differently where you lead with that open heart space? Oh my gosh. I feel like when I'm leading with my heart space, I'm surprised at the amount of like synchronicities that happen. You know, like when I met the guy that I'm dating the the morning before, I did a heart opening meditation. And then I ended up like meeting him that day. And it was totally, I did not meet him on an app. I met him in person. It was totally random. And then also it's like, you know, when I go to the bodega, I'll get like a free sandwich or something, or like, they're just like so much nicer to me or like strangers will like, I I don't know how to explain it. It's just like, I feel like, I feel like there's just a draw to you that makes people think like, oh, like what's going on here? Even if they're not thinking it, they're just naturally gravitating towards you and they want to like reciprocate and amplify it, you know? You're like in your own, I think we, we, we talked about it in our last session. You're like in your own little vortex. <laughs> people look at you and they're like, How do you do this? <laughs> I have this neighbor who I talked to like a few times. Cause he always parked his car out there. And he saw me yesterday when I was on my way to the laundry and he was like, how come every time I see you, you're just always smiling. He was like, I think you're the happiest person I know. And I was like, Huh. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't even know I was doing that. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I want to talk also about all of the things that you're doing now, um, because I feel like you're still very much in the process of kind of crafting. Okay. So what does that alignment look like? You mentioned yourself that you're multi-passionate, multi-hyphenate, multi, a lot of things. So that means that probably just doing one thing might not be enough for you. So you're kind of starting to like trial and erroring your way through creating (laughs) the little portfolio for yourself. And um, before we go there, I also want to ask you, or maybe ask you to share a little more about sort of the experiments that we were doing, well, you were doing in the process where one of the themes that we were exploring for you is the fact that, you know, you like to entertain, you've you like to share, you don't mind being seen, right? And like that piece of perhaps having your own 
like even now you're so well spoken you're so inspiring it happens to me where i forget the questions where i'm like what was that <laughs> i forget to host right? um so right and we were like okay and that's the intuitive hit that i got the very first time i spoke with you where i said like i feel like you need to be at least on social and have your own channels. <laughs> and one of the things I think that were stopping you at the beginning was the piece of like, but what am I going to do? And what am I going to share? Like wanting in the podcast, you tried a lot of different avenues, right? And one of the things that I think stops people is they're like, but I need to understand the vision, the angle before I start versus mm-hmm. I'm going to find my voice more and more, the more I use it. That's how I know my voice, right? Talk to me about those experiments and maybe your learnings with that. Yes, yes. So yeah, I mean, for context for the listeners, a lot of the things that Vilma assigned to me was like exploring different avenues of, you know, expressing myself and like sharing my voice and stuff like that. Like I played with a YouTube channel with a podcast and whatever, whatever. And like Vilma said, the thing that really blocked me every time was I would get so in my head about what it was supposed to look like that I wasn't really tapping into like the basic instinctual energy of creation in itself. And for anyone who's been in like flow state or creative flow state, when you're in it, it just takes you. And you know, it just like the content creates itself. (laughs) Like now, I can't believe it's almost been an hour. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I think because I wasn't doing that, like it was hard for me to like materialize those things. So actually I would say I am currently building out that muscle right now. And I'm really trying to apply that attitude and that energy and that way of living to like every aspect of my life. And so I do like stream of consciousness writing like every morning and every night. And then I tried to really live by my instincts. You know, I'm in a lucky place right now where I'm not working full time. And so I do have a little more free time than I used to. And what I'll do is I will just like check in with myself and say, what do I want to do today? Do I want to go to the Empire State Building? Okay, I'm going to go. Or do I want to go rock climb? I'm going to do it. Like I'll feel like an energy and I'm like, okay, how can I express that energy and just get in the flow of that? Mm -hmm. And just doing that in my day to day has helped me tap into my creativity a lot more. And as a result, I feel like the ways I'm able to express myself authentically has just clicked into place. And I feel it's not even like something I think about anymore. It just happens. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the flowing with the intuition. I think you and I spoke about, right? Like even going out for a walk and like not having an agenda and be like left, right, straight. Like where where, yes. where does the intuition want to take me for that sandwich to the free sandwich? Yes. <laughs> I love this. Let's talk, let's talk then. Let's go there. Tell, share with the listeners what you're doing now, how that came about. Cause I feel like, you know, you and I spoke that your LinkedIn looks really cool right now. And like, (laughs) forward to read your profile, it would be like, damn, like she has things (laughs) going on. These are such unique opportunities that to your point, a lot of people dream about when they're in their nine to five in corporate and be like, I want something that means more. And, you know, some of your values, which been advocacy, but also creativity, but also like sharing and being the, you know, like so many things from your blueprint. Um, yeah. Just share with the listeners what's happening right now. Were you involved in? Yes. Yes. Would love to. Um, so I actually just wrapped up the play reading that I was directing and it happened so serendipitously. And that was a paid gig. Like when I cashed that check, it felt like a full circle moment of like teenage Sarah who wanted to move to New York and be a theater director. 
Um, so that was really cool. Love and that. the other few things I'm doing is one, I am the podcast director for a youth advocacy group called Dear Asian Youth. And they've seen immense growth over the years. They've got chapters all over the world. And I lead their podcast. Um, and it's called Dear Asian Girl. And I'm it's it's very wonderful. It's like great to just hang out with like a lot of cool young like Gen Z girls and just like help them actualize the vision and like help them express their voices. Um, the other thing I'm doing is I am the director of podcasts for a company called Connection Collaborative. And essentially what they do is they provide a lot of really practical um, material and content to help people show up to work as their true authentic selves. And it's funny that this is what I'm doing. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And so I'm really enjoying that. And the other thing I'm doing is I am the director of community support for an up and coming nonprofit advocacy group called the Restorative Justice Collective. And essentially what we do is we just try to facilitate as many projects that support the restorative justice movement, which is, you know, it's an alternative to incarceration sometimes, but it's like centered around healing and taking accountability within the criminal justice system, which is something I really do believe in. So that's what I'm doing for now. And the list is still continuing. I was just saying to Vilma before we hopped on, I was like, these are all remote options and I love them, but there's a part of me that's really craving that in-person connection and community. So that's next. Like I'm calling that in and we'll see what that looks like. Who knows? Love it. I feel like, you know, when you talk about it, I see two images. So like my intuition sometimes works in images. So it's like <laughs> either you being at the whiteboard and literally crafting, right. The career with every single element that really feels like is part of you. And I feel like these opportunities now do allow you to kind of tap into different parts of your blueprint, but also like a, a tower card, the magician who mm. can kind of like manipulate all of these different parts, skills, aspects, and really be good at it. Not necessarily from a negative perspective, but from like, I've mastered myself and I can manipulate the laws now. So wow. I kind of see like <laughs> what the, the magician card came up energetically for you. So I kind of see, I feel like, you know, and all of these opportunities, again, I want to emphasize for the listeners where serendipitous, obviously you were out there looking for things, but it was not like hours and hours and hours of forcing it to happen. Right. Mm-mm, nope. Nope, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so, and one of the aspects, again, that I remember we spoke that would be interesting to go into was in the last session was about, we're kind of joking about the Aries energy and Aryan energy, right? And we're like, whenever we have certain signs, sun sign show up in our, in our life, and there are like many of them, there's always some medicine that we need to learn. Mm. And we spoke a little bit about kind of becoming the leader that you kind of always wanted to have and that self-leadership and becoming intuitive leader. And we spoke a little bit about that at the beginning of the episode. I don't know if you remember that conversation, but is there something that you want to share about your like discoveries when it comes to that and stepping into that leadership role? Yes. So for the listeners, for context, I'm working with a lot of Aries right now. Like the best. Um, yeah, I just got a lot of areas in my professional life. And 
Vilma and I were talking about why that's happening. And I really do feel and agree with you that this is the universe's way of telling me to just sort of like see what is it about that energy that I feel inspired and taken by and like figure out how to incorporate that into my own expression of self. And for me, you know, I think that it's really about, for me, stepping into my passion and zest for life again that you Aries just have, (laughs) you know, um, being spontaneous, you know, and just being like an initiator of the experiences that I want to have instead of like sitting around and waiting and hoping that they will come in. Um, And also, you know, in my professional life, now that I am in these leadership positions, I feel like I've been given a really wonderful opportunity to usher in a new paradigm of work, of company culture, et cetera, by being a leader, you know, and by doing things that I didn't see happening before, but also like elevating the things that I did see happening before that I liked, but tailoring them into a way that I want to see the direction of the collective going into. Mm, love this. And I think new paradigm, and that was one of my questions for you. I think new paradigm company, when we completed the blueprint, we're like, okay, so basically <laughs> the new paradigm company to work with, because we don't really have the term for it, right? Like how to describe this kind of new type of establishment that is sensitive and has emotional intelligence, still makes profit. So what, how do you see this kind of like maybe a philosophical question, but how do you see this new paradigm enterprise, this new paradigm company? The new paradigm is intuitive and it makes decisions from an intuitive place. I really do feel that. I think a lot of companies right now are struggling because they're like, well, this is what you're supposed to do. And this is what everyone else does. So I guess we're supposed to do that too. And then they wonder why it doesn't work out. Um. So that's like the first thing for me. And I feel like also the new paradigm of work is fluid. It really understands that life and existence and humans, we're fluid, we're ever changing, we're always shape-shifting. And it it like takes that into the way that it operates. And not only does it accept it, but it celebrates it, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I feel like those are the two things that's really coming up for me. Mm, I love that. Also, I think cyclical. I've been thinking a yes. lot about seasons, right? And us as females going through the cycle, <laughs> the nature going through the cycle, we're at the turn of the seasons. It's coming soon as well. By the way, we're recording this on the on Halloween, which is very special. <laughs> right. So like there's a lot of a lot of change. And I feel like a lot of the times we're expected to be productive all year round, which is just not realistic. And I feel like the new paradigm company taking in the factor that you can't expect people to be to have the same output and as opposed to forcing people to do that which creates a lot of resentment and illness and burnout support yeah. them to kind of encourage them to produce when they can and give them space to rest when they need to because overall long term that is going to benefit the company too 100% and it's actually crazy to me that people don't just like do that now <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah yeah, I feel like you're just a little of that more of the advanced soul who came into this world and is like, this does not make sense, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We need souls like you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I have the final question for you. 
So yeah. what is the advice that you, I always ask the same question to all career changers. What is the advice that you give to your past self? And what is the advice you'd give to someone who perhaps is in your position when you were misaligned in tech company, who's thinking that something needs to change, but they don't know where to start? Mm, so good. Okay. So the advice that I would give to my past self is everything that you genuinely need is already within you. Like literally everything you just need to tune into it and listen to what your soul is like asking from you and what it's communicating to you. That's the first piece of advice I would give. And the second piece of advice, it's kind of a two-parter. The first one would be, don't forget that life is an adventure and that it's not a, so much about like creating a very structured path or whatever. It's just about like surrendering and flowing and enjoying every step of the journey. And then I feel like the last part of that piece of advice is that what's important at the end of the day is that you truly just like who you are every step of the way. And if you, if that's all you have, you know, if your life is crumbling at the seams and you have no idea what's going on and you're like, you know, a million dollars negative in the bank or whatever, but you still like who you're being and you're enjoying who you are in that moment and you're enjoying the way that you're expressing yourself and your energy, that's that's good, you know? And like, just trust that the rest of the puzzle pieces will fall into place. So I guess that's the advice I would give to anyone else too. It's like, you know, yes, life, it can be heavy and it can be serious and stressful, but also like lighten up, enjoy it. We're not here forever. Like, Life is short, but it is wide and have fun and prioritize joy and just trust, trust that things will work out for you and then be prepared to be like mind blown at how it does. <laughs> I love this. I love it. And I think it's surrender, which has been the key in your journey. I think yes. the reason why you can sit here today and be excited for what you have and grateful for what you have and enjoy the process and look forward for tomorrow is because you surrendered so beautifully. 100% surrender is like the easiest thing to do. Honestly, if you can get yourself to do it, like there's a part of me that's like a little lazy and it's like, okay, I could try to be like micromanaging, controlling about life, or I could just sit back, let go and surrender. And that always feels way better. And it always like, it always plays out. Love it. I guess there's just a difference between surrendering, but also being maybe sometimes like disconnected or passive. So you're not talking yeah. about being passive. It's more like intentional surrender. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing in such airy, light, happy, joyous <laughs> energy to the Holistic Career Change podcast. I feel like sometimes I need to do more of those happy episodes because usually my episodes are like, be prepared. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> All of your content and trauma will come up, which is true. There's like, you know what I mean? Like it's such an ups and downs journey. So cyclical, just like life is. So I love having you to share how seemingly easy it seems. Cause you would always tell me, I would give you that feedback, Sarah, when we would meet, I'd be like, things just happen and you seem so like good about it. You're happy. You should go. And you would say like, it's because like two days ago I was going through the darkness, but every time yeah. we're about to meet, I feel like I'm out of it and I can share yeah. the light side of it and celebrate with you. Yes. Yes. What's that saying? It's like the only way out is through. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And like, for me, I feel like every time I've just gone through the darkness, so much lightness awaits me at the end. And so I feel like that's also a big part of why I have so much trust. It's like, okay, yes, it's dark right now, but I know that there's a lot of lightness that's waiting for me. So bring it on. (laughs) And I, I, and I think we can just wrap up with that. Just a reminder there, a lot of people will be like, how can I trust it? Like trust is a choice. Yes. It's a decision you make. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, you decide before you have proof sometimes. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you've done that so beautifully. So thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your wisdom and your story and being so open and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that is going to be very inspiring for people all over, all over the board, people your age, even, you know, people my age, people even who are older, who are thinking of career change, because I think we do need to apply like I said I think you're a great manifestation of what I preach but you kind of live it it's like if I follow alignment if I follow my heart everything else falls into place no matter how naive or delusional it sounds I'm living it Mm, yes yes Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. thank you you, Vilma (laughs) thank you for being an example of what's possible thank you so much Uh, thank you thank you for having me (laughs) of course okay thank you everyone for listening I'll see you next time Thank you for spending time with me today. If you resonate with this content, please subscribe and leave a little review to put a smile on my face. And if you'd like to take this work further and have my one-on-one support in switching to an aligned career path using my holistic career change method, make sure you head over to the show notes and book your free consultation call. I can't wait to meet you. Have a nice day.